Video Game Pulse. Episode 297. Everybody, I am Millennium X17, and I'm Doc Katakita. We are unsupervised again. <laughs> it is getting dangerous. This is going to be a good one. I can already tell. I can already tell this is going to be a good one. Oh wow! All right, so there is a lot going on on this show. Even though it's not, I wouldn't call it a lot of news. I think we're going to get through it fairly quickly. Mm. I say that now. Yeah. But we'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll see what actually happens. But I got a feeling this is a spicy one because we got plenty of other things to fill around the news. Mm-hmm. Uh, multiple things. First off, last show I said something stupid and was inaccurate. I know. What did you say? Shocking, right? Mm, so what so, was it that you said? No, it's, it's good. It's the very first. It's actually no. It's after the flash news. It's the first part of the main news. Okay. So we'll get there. Don't worry. It's nothing like critically serious. But at the same time, I said something thinking that I knew, but then I looked up and I was like, oh, wow, I was wrong. <laughs> so we'll get okay. there. It, it, it's just, I, I've said worse. Fair enough. You know, Fair enough. But uh, as soon as I looked it up, I, I got sad because it's I was I was, you know, it was it was worse than I thought. <laughs> we'll get there. Uh, then also, we completely forgot an entire segment last week. I last know. Show on the, you know, being that the forums mm. after the beginning of the show, we're like, we need feedback. Do you want the forums? And then we just never went over the forums from last week, I know. which I looked it up. There's three responses. And the last uh, response was at like December 28th. Yep. So it's like, yeah, we could have gone over that a long time ago <laughs> and made no difference otherwise. So, yep. mm, yeah, uh, that one I thought was going to have more responses to it. I, I know, was, right? You know, hopefully this next one will also be we already got a pretty good idea mm. as to what it's going to be. So hopefully, perhaps maybe we won't forget it this week. Maybe we'll see what happens there. I uh, then there's a couple other bits that are mostly side notes. And then we have our thoughts on the uh, anime awards, which we'll put that at the end of the show, which yeah. we have <laughs> thoughts on the My Hero Academia awards. I know. But we'll get there when we get there. <laughs> and uh, I believe other than that, there's side notes. Do you have anything? Um, I caught a shiny Raku earlier. That was pretty hype. Awesome. I saw you put that one out on Twitter. Yeah, I was off from Sunday for about two hours and suddenly it just happened. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> And not only did I catch a shiny Raikou, I caught it in a fastball, which anyone who's played Ultra Sun and Moon knows, you only get one of those throughout the course of normal gameplay. You can get a second one if you show uh, an NPC a Pokemon that was transferred up from gold, crystal, or uh, silver. But other than that, you only get one fastball throughout the entire game, and I was saving it up for Raikou. So when that actually worked, I was super hype. So that's pretty awesome. Right now I'm looking for Mewtwo, but he doesn't want to come out and play right now. He's moody. So, he's very moody. He's taking very, a nap. Very grumpy, that one. We'll see if I can find him. Mm. All right, there's that. And I, for myself, I don't honestly think I have any side notes, other than I do have a public service announcement. Uh, anybody out there 
who is who was or knows somebody who was a subscriber to Time Warner Cable uh, and is now obviously under Spectrum when they bought out Time Warner Cable. This is going to apply to you, and you're going to want to get the word out because Spectrum's oh, yeah. not going to do it themselves. I know. That's damn Why well for it? sure. Why would they? Why would they? That I means know. they would have to do something. Yeah. So here's the fun part. I heard about this from a friend at work who was t- – was, I, I happened to – I was walked up on there. He was having a conversation with somebody else about how he was dropping uh, his cable plan down because he just doesn't watch TV anymore. And I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking back in my head. I'm like, yep. That yeah okay we've got an absurd cable bill. Oh yeah. At the time it was it was two hundred ninety dollars and we're like we've got to drop some shit here because this is just not. It's, yeah, I legitimately have not watched cable TV in well over a year at this point. Yeah, I'm getting close to that point. Mostly, well, half because I you know it's just there's not that much. There's only like a handful of shows that I watch and the other reason is because well my DVR just sometimes decides that it's not important enough to record even though I schedule it to record stuff. Sometimes. More often than not. <laughs> I was gonna say, I think you mean like 90% of the time. Yeah, it, it, more often than not, I'll be like, oh, all right, it's time to go watch Graveyard Card. Oh, and it didn't record. <laughs> yep. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. You got to love it. Yep. But yeah. Anyway, so anyway, if you've had Time Warner Cable the whole time, and then when Spectrum bought them out, they just went over to their service. You're now being billed to Spectrum. Herein lies the fun part that I heard from him. He, he told he's like, well, when I went in to you know, change out the this and that and the other thing, they told me about the the fact that, he he's on the old Time Warner cable modem, and what happened was is that if you switch that if you go to Spectrum's office, which more often than not is going to be what Time Warner Cable's office was, they just took over all the mm-hmm. office spots as well. Uh, you switch your old modem out, they'll give you the new modem, and at the same price you're already paying right now, you just get upgraded straight to a hundred meg internet. Yep. For the price of Time Warner Cable's 30 meg internet <laughs> that you've been paying this whole time. Yep. So all, if you have this, if you know someone who has an older Time Warner Cable modem, have them switch it out to the new Spectrum modem, and they'll, at the same price they're paying right now, go right to 100 meg. I literally just did a speed test here. We're looking at it right now. But while streaming out the show, it was uh, 38 millisecond paying 112 megs down and 11.4 up. Yeah, mine so. usually hovers around 80. That's wireless. Yeah. So that's that's not so bad. definitely an improvement over what a it was. Significant improvement. It was like thirty five. It wasn't like super terrible unless it was getting moody. So it, it was supposed to be thirty five. My uh, laptop used to register like twenty. Yeah. So well, let's. Here's the fun part about. I'm always skeptical about speed tests because a lot of the ISPs know that that's when they're up to testing. All of a sudden, then your internet could be lagging. YouTube could be barely loading. Things will take forever to load. Mm-hmm. And you whip up speed tests, and all of a sudden it just. <laughs> off to the races you go and then all of a sudden it's just like oh everything's nice and fast now it's like oh okay yeah 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 Yeah. (laughs) i'm sure yeah but that's another conspiracy for another day Mm. but yeah no if you have if you've just been on time warner cables this whole time and you just suddenly you know are you've got had the time warner cable 30 meg internet just switch out the modem to the spectrum modem and you get just at the same price you're already paying you get more than three times the internet so I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, that's mental. And at the same time, we also found out that apparently we had a shitload of the pay channels as well. Apparently, we had HBO this a- entire time. Apparently, I didn't even know that. I had no idea either. <laughs> I had no idea we even had that. I don't even know when and where that even came about. Cause I, yeah. I might have checked out Game of Thrones at that point in time because everyone seems to talk about it. I'm mildly I know, interested. I'm, I know. I'm curious about that because I hear about it everywhere, but I've never seen a single episode. Yeah, 
So I, I hear a lot of talk about it, but then again, I never knew I had. Like, uh, every time everyone's like, oh, why don't you watch it? I'm like, I don't have HBO. It's like, I never knew. <laughs> Nobody told us, which yeah. is fantastic paying all that money. We're down to like $190 a month right now. It's some sort of like promotional rate. And then a year from now, we'll go up to like with taxes and fees, it'll go up to like 215 or something like that. And that's probably yeah. about the time that we'll be dropping yeah. cable altogether. Yeah, it's not a promotional rate. Remember, mom had a shit yeah. fit at the yeah. you know people at the desk and then they gave well, us a $20 let, let, discount. <laughs> For a year. <laughs> Let's call it a, a promotional rate <laughs> that was heavily influenced. Yeah, as by our mother having a shit fit at the time at the Spectrum people. Yeah. So. And threatening to just drop the service altogether. And then they were like, oh, wait, no, uh, so $20 off for the next year. And it's like, all right. Yeah. So for the next year, it will be that. But then probably thereafter, we're probably going to drop cable altogether because I don't really watch it anymore much. Yeah. It's. PlayStation, is it View is the name of it? I believe so, yeah, yes. Yeah, that looks pretty interesting. That's like yeah. $50, $60 a month for the tier that we're looking at getting. Mm-hmm. And um, that would be a good replacement. Yeah, cable. pretty much everything I watch is either no longer on or can be found online. So. Yeah. But that is definitely a good, uh, you know, PSA to put out there. If you know anybody that still, yeah, that totally. Had I couldn't Time believe Warner it when cable. you told me about that. <laughs> you were, like, yeah. I was, I was like, really. And then, of course, when we looked into it, it was like, yeah, that's the case. It's like, yeah, oh, that's true. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah. How wonderful. Because we were skeptical about it. At first. It's like, there's no way that that could possibly be the case. Then we looked at it. It was like, oh wait, that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> it is. The like, more you know. Uh, yes. I don't believe there's much else other than the fact that we asked for feedback from the last show and a couple of people did email in. Oh, did uh, there was uh, Yotaro Vegeta. Thank you very much for him. And then also Trevor also. Oh, Yotaro is so nice to us. Also emailed in. Trevor emailed in. Nice. He, he, he ends email with hope this email finds you well. It did. Yes. So awesome as always. Oh, they're the, so uh, nice to us. You know, they had the, uh, the summary of both of them is that. If it takes, if we need to wait three weeks for a show, then that's the case it's going to be because obviously there's more of a time commitment to video games. Yeah. But furthermore, yeah. it's just the news in the video game world lately has been really wacky. It's, <laughs> it's, it's sometimes it just blows up and there's a lot, and then sometimes it just goes weeks with nothing. I know, it's so weird. It's not, it's, and it's it never used to be that way. It always was there was more, but then it just it was it was more consistent every week. We used to do a show every week, and we mm-hmm. had no problem finding news. Oh and yeah, I know, I know. I don't know. It's just it's just weird these days. It's a different yep. it's different age. Twenty eighteen. Yes, promising to be just as bizarre as twenty seventeen. Mm, yes. Definitely. I don't think there's much else as it pertains to anything like that. Should we head on off to the news then? Yes. All right. Time now for some flash news. Yay. As always, if you want to talk about anything in more detail, just let me know. Mm. Uh, Nintendo is officially partnering with Illumination to make a new Mario movie. Is it going to be any better than the last Mario I movie? I like the last one. Come the on, the one, one from hila- the 80s is amazing. It's hilarious. Come I on, will the, give it that. No, the, the one from the 80s is hilarious and amazing. Maybe not for the right reasons. I was going to say, for all the wrong reasons. But it still <laughs> is a great movie, okay? Uh, all right, if you say so. I know, and Bob Hoskins, come on. He was amazing. <laughs> that was amazing. Oh, God. Yes, definitely. Bob Hoskins, rest in peace. That was an amazing movie. The only thing I really remember from the original Mario movie was the uh, the sewers filled with that green 
sticky goo, whatever the hell it was. No, what I clearly remember is the day that towards the end of the movie when he pulls out the little tiny bomb out of his pocket. I do remember the bomb as like, well. Oh my god, he got a bomb, and he just little tiny, like it's like a two inches tall thing. It is. I that was hilarious. That was amazing. Well. It's such a great movie. <laughs> it's such a great movie. It was definitely unique. I'll give it that. And furthermore, who's to say that that wasn't some sort of you know uh, conical event you know within the universe of Mario? Given you know the whole Super Mario Odyssey now, mm. you know there could be you know it's true. It's true. I mean that could have many been world theory almost kind of. You, you can say that. How who's to say that was incorrect? And- yeah, because in uh, Super Mario Odyssey, there is a giant-ass city, so, yeah. I mean, who knows? Who's to say that that was an incorrect, you know, in the timeline of Mario, or in the, in the universe existence of Mario? It's like, maybe that was actually Jumpman, and then, you know, the Super Mario Odyssey thing is, you know, a callback, and it's like, yeah. you know, I guess it could be. Squint harder, you can Squint see it. Squint harder. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Uh, if anyone couldn't tell, I'm just kind of nodding and smiling with him at this just point. Smile and wave. Smile and wave. I told you this is going to be a spicy show. Okay. It's only the beginning. We're getting going now. Okay. Uh, this next one is a bit of a weird story. I don't even know why people are... Okay, first off, the, f- the first story was that Activision officially... It, it was like people counted this as news, but yet at the same time I stopped and I was like, why is this news? People, Activision officially confirms that Treyarch is this year's Call of Duty developer. And it's like, okay, we already knew that, though. <laughs> if you follow the pattern of Call of Duty developers, we already knew that this year's was going to be Treyarch again. Yeah. So why was that news? We See, it was kind of misleading because people were like, because I think the reason the news that I specifically have tabbed here is that 2018's Call of Duty is reportedly Black Ops 4. And the reason why I say that this is a bit of a like a, a, a kind of like a what are you talking about news moment is because you've got to be very careful about what news you're leading with. Mm. I don't know. There, there probably is a rumor that it's Black Ops 4, but nothing's been confirmed yet. It wouldn't surprise me because, you know, sequelitis yep. and Activision and what have you. But ultimately, the article originally read that I've seen a lot of people report is that Call of Duty 3's developer, Treyarch, is developing this year's Call of Duty. And I think a lot of people read that quick and were like, oh, Black Ops 4. Yeah, probably. Again, I wouldn't be surprised if that's actually the case. But at the (laughs) same token, you got to read what the headline's actually saying and not fill in the blanks yourself. Well, I mean, it's 2018. You really expect people to do that? Yeah. Yeah, I know. I mean, stop and think about it for a second. Well, that's the thing. I double took when I read it. I'm like, wait a minute. Oh, okay. Call of Duty, you know, it's uh, Call of Duty Black Ops. uh, It's Black Ops 3's developer, Treyarch, is going to be confirmed as this year's Call of Duty. And everyone went with, oh, okay, Black Ops 4 then is the rumor is what (laughs) they're I'm like, "Mm, not exactly. Again, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. I'd be a little bit disappointed if that was the case. Treyarch is really good, so I I would hope that they could go off and at this point in time have earned enough clout to go off and do their own thing within the Call of Duty universe and try something new, which they did with Black Ops, which was successful. So maybe, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Because mm. the problem I had with Black Ops 3 was that it was it, it is too futuristic. Yeah, I, I, I remember mean, you saying that. It didn't have quite have the problems of the other advanced warfighter where it was like, you know, super double jump wall ride and <laughs> all that other yeah, Tony yeah, Hawk's yeah. super extravaganza shooter fest. It was just no. I'm that was that was, wow. That was way bad. But the Black Ops three though was just everything was super futuristic. I'm just I don't I don't really care for for the super futuristic stuff. Yeah. 
by Yandel. What are you going to do? Uh, moving on, in an interview, the creator of Gran Turismo says has mentioned it offhand that he's already working on the next Gran Turismo game. Right. I would assume as much. It would, you know, make sense. I will um, call it right now. You're not going to see this game released before 2027. But are there refractions? That's not this guy. This is Gran Turismo. The refractions guy is Forza. But are there refractions? There could be. That is the big question that everyone wants answered. Yes. Every racing game, are there refractions? Oh, <laughs> uh, God. It never gets old, that. Yeah. Uh, but again, for, I wouldn't expect to see the next Gran Turismo before 2027. You know, I, it, it'll get it. It'll it'll be a release date for uh, I would imagine what is it's 2018. So I would say 2022 or three is when I would say that the original release date will be set to. OK, I guarantee you it will be delayed three dozen times into 2027 at the earliest before you actually physically get a disc. If there even is a disc at that point in time <laughs> to slip into your tray. Yeah. Or maybe they're shipping USB you know, thumb drives at that point, or, or maybe it's just all download. We'll see what happens by then. But, you know, it'll be on the PlayStation 6 or something like that. Yeah. At the rate that the Polyphony Digital, they're great and all, but they take way too long, and Sony lets them take way too long to develop a game for. Enough about that. Uh, moving on. Red Dead Redemption 2 will not be delayed is a claim that Take-Two is making right now. Okay. Uh, in this instance, I would actually believe them. We'll see. One would hope. I mean, you know, mm. it's not like everything has to be delayed. Mm. Contrary to popular belief, you can actually set a date and then make that date mm. if you or, plan ahead. <laughs> here, like, I think the problem is that a lot of these publishers are like, well, we need the game in this fiscal quarter by this date. And it's just, it, it's just an unrealistic expectation. Yeah. Don't actually announce your game until it's finished. Mm. And maybe, you know, give yourself eight months or so to do bug fixing and what have you, or longer or short, you know, get a feel for it. But don't actually announce it until you're finished and then announce it. Novel concept, that. You know, so that you can actually have a more accurate, you know, notice of when it's going to come out. <laughs> and then here's another hint. Maybe, I don't know, set your release date not amongst 30 other games. <laughs> I know. That's the one that always kills me is that it's like... Oh, you know, this game didn't sell that well. Oh, well, we're going to have to close your studio down. And it's like, wait a minute. The game was releasing among, you know, how many other major titles? Like, people only have so many, you know, $60 stacks that they're willing to spend on games. You know, or can spend on games. Or can spend on games. Yeah, and the reason why we specifically go down that road is because Broketober just got even worse because it's now, like we said, it's in the end of October, and there's probably another 20 games around it. Now, oh, Red God, Dead Redemption yeah. 2, I'd imagine, is probably safe to be amongst the pack of, you know, 20 Probably. other games. I'd be willing to bet someone's interested in that. They're going to buy that. Yeah. It's a lot of the other smaller games around it that are just about to get crushed. Oh, yeah. No question. So, yeah. Yep. But yet they never learn. They never learn. That's the other thing. And, and, and for the record, the thing I was wrong about last week, spoiler alert, March is the same way. <laughs> but we'll get there in a minute. Uh, Epic's Games will be shutting down Paragon in April. Right. Mm. The, uh, okay. A lot of people are buzzing up rumors about this next one. Okay. But at the same time, I wouldn't hold your... We'll see. It's a we'll see, you know. it. It's something out of the norm, but at the same token, if, it, if anything comes from it, it'll be announced when it gets announced, and don't, you know, invent your own fan fiction on it before then, which, for the internet, it's too late for that. <laughs> but uh, CD Projekt Red has been listed as a 20... 
2018 E3 attendee. Right. So take that with a grain of salt and think of it as what you will. Yeah, we'll see what happens. A lot of people are pointing to Cyberpunk 2077. Mm -hmm. Mm, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I always like seeing new people appearing at E3. It's yeah. always interesting. Like, uh, you know, Devolver I think the last... Yeah, oh, God. I <laughs> hope they do that again. God, that was legendary. Legend. This year, they got to do it with Jim Sterling. Yes. <laughs> He'll really take it over the top. <laughs> uh, yeah, but like I said, the last time they came to E3 was 2013, and I believe it was The Witcher that was what they announced then. Yes, so, I believe so. Yeah. A lot of people are thinking big things. Mm-hmm. Again, time will tell. We'll see. It's actually, yep. you, you know, we're in February now. It's the beginning of February, but yet E3 is coming up here yeah, in a couple E3 of months. Yeah, E3 is right around the corner. Mm. It always kind of sneaks up on us every year. Yeah, it's it like, oh, wait, does. it's almost time. It is. Yep. The uh, next bit of news. This one's actually cool. The uh, PS4 is on track to beat the PS3 lifetime sales uh, very soon. Oh, I remember reading about that. That is really cool. Yeah. A PS4 definitely a good console. Oh, PS4 is amazing. I do love it. Hmm. Uh, and then the last two are just uh, release dates. Is uh, Bridge Constructor Portal gets uh, PlayStation? You know, it's uh, the release dates are going to be PC and Xbox One is going to be mm-hmm. February twenty eighth, and the PS four is a day later on uh, March first. That game is interesting. We watched a couple episodes of uh, Jacksepticeye playing. Which it. how did he get an early? Did he? He obviously must have gotten an early copy. Yeah, apparently. but he he only did a few episodes and then didn't go back to it, which is yeah, weird. yeah. Very weird. Hopefully, when it comes out, he'll do more of that because it Hopefully. looks interesting. Yeah, it's a fascinating game. It's very different. It's very different, but it's it's enough it's to get your games, attention. It's one of those games where it's like I wasn't quite sure what to expect of it, but now that I've seen some of it, it's like, oh yeah, I can kind of see how that works. Mm. Weirdly enough. Oh, and just for the record, Zaldera in the chat says, uh, "If Cyberpunk 2077 has anything like Gwent, he'll probably get very angry and boycott <laughs> it on the spot." <laughs> Oh, boy. Yeah. Yep. It might. You have to wait and see. We'll find out. Yep. And then the other one is the one I, a game that I've been looking forward to, and it sounds really interesting, is uh, Don't Nod's uh, Vampire. Oh, yeah. Uh, I remember date. you told me about that before. Yeah, Vampire spelled with a Y. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's uh, confirmed for a release date of June 5th. Uh Hopefully, it's already been delayed a few mm. times, but now June fifth is what they claim is going to be the release date, which is good. You know, I actually like that release date because that's before E three, uh, but it's in June. How many other things are coming out in June? I have no idea. I'd have to look. <laughs> I'd have to look before I 100% confirm that, but I don't know of much of anything right now. 2018's release calendar is kind of a bit weird and schizophrenic. There's you know, and as a matter of fact, it's a good enough lead-in because we're got uh, the thing that I was incorrect about last show is like I, I was talking about Valkyria Chronicles Four coming out in March, and there's not much else coming out then. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's very schizophrenic release schedule this year. March, the second half of March is loaded. Nothing in April. There's not much in May, and then after that, there's like nothing until April. Or excuse me, April, October. Mm. Uh, the second half of October is loaded. I find it kind of funny as well as that the uh, two busy months of the year so far are the months of our birthdays, yeah. March and October. <laughs> real expensive, real quick. Oh yeah. Um. So and here's another thing: Valkyria Chronicles Four is, and I've got a couple of different tabs up here. The first three tabs are for this. What I specifically said is that Valkyria Chronicles Four is coming out March 21st. Yada yada. 
for the longest time, they've been advertising a worldwide release March 21st. Yeah. The longest time. At some point in the last couple of months or two, it's got to be in the last month or so, they kind of just silently took away the March 21st worldwide release. Really? And now the March 21st is only Japan. Yeah, it's now it's just like kind of generic 2018. Which that is, is like really weird, yeah. Kind of silently without any rhyme or reason, no announcement, no nothing. Because I specifically remember when this was first announced, it said worldwide March 21st. Yeah, and now I all saw of a sudden, that as well. You, yeah, I've, yeah. I saw that. I'm not second guessing. Mm-hmm. I know I saw this. And no, now all it was of a sudden, definitely there. silently without any reason, it's just, oh, 2018 generic worldwide. And it's like, hold the phone. Yeah, that's. That's really weird. I wonder why that is. I don't know. But then, okay, so all of, ultimately, at the end of the day, Valkyrie Chronicles 4 is coming out in March in Japan, not in U.S., though. So I checked around. GameStop, Amazon, none of them have the even listed. So it's like, I'm like, hmm, that's weird and interesting. Mm. However, not to be outdone, March is still very busy. <laughs> so, yeah, the release schedule. I got a generic, I got a Game Informer article about 2018 video game release schedule. Uh, January we're already through. February's got a good. It looks like a big bulk, but it's there's not a lot going on specifically in terms of consoles. Okay. You know, not, not a lot of big AAA, super big stuff. There's a lot of me, you know, middle of the road games. Enough room to breathe. Yeah. March, however, is a little bit different. So we get there's there's a there's a bunch of things coming out here, but look, follow along if you can listen along with me. Okay. PlayStation VR Bravo Team is called Bravo Team March sixth. March so, okay, so March sixth has Final Fantasy fifteen Royal Edition, uh, Frantics, and Scribblenauts Showdown. Okay. That's March sixth. March thirteenth is going to be Devil May Cry HD Collection and Golem. Mm-hmm. Okay. March sixteenth, Kirby Star Allies Switch only. Uh, March twentieth is going to be Assassin's Creed Rogue Remastered, Attack on Titan two, Sea of Thieves, Titan Quest. Jesus. March 21st, hold on a second, where is this? Okay, so generic release date for uh, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night is March 2018. Mm. No date, Oh, wow, that's a game I forgot existed. Yeah, I I, I have it for PS4. I'm a a Kickstarter backer, Mm -hmm. so I have it for PS4. March 2018 generic thing for Bloodstained. Oh, I might play that myself, actually. Mm. It's a download thing, so it's only going to be going on my PS4, though. God damn it. Sorry. (laughs) Oh, well. The uh, so there's that. Then a way out is March 23rd. March 23rd also gets Detective Pikachu, Nino Kuni 2, Revenant Kingdom, Pure Farming 2018, and then March 27th is going to be uh, Alterior and Lead and Suell, the Alchemist of Mysterious Paintings, Far Cry 5, MLB the Show, and Agony. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. And then it's like April 3rd is also a couple more things coming out. But then it's like it, everything else spreads out. But uh, yeah, the, so remastered. I can't wait. Yeah, so specifically saying the second half of March is loaded. Mm, yeah, it really is. My God. Mm. So I think the two big ones that we're going to be playing is going to be Nino Kuni Two and Far Cry Five. Probably. Yeah. Those are going to be both mm-hmm. going to be uh, GameFly games. Yeah, I'm definitely going to give uh, Far Cry Five a try. Which is weird coming from you. I know it is. You still need to play Breath of the Wild as well. Mm. Remember, that was the thing when those two games went out, so it was like, you wanted to play Breath of the Wild, and I wanted to play Far Cry 5, and it's like, wait, what is wrong with this picture? Yeah. So, yeah, the thing I said last show was about how, oh, well, Valkyrie Chronicles comes out in March, and there's not that much, you know, around it. To, you know, 
Well, it comes out in March, but it's also only in Japan, which that was weird. That one really threw me off because I'm like, wait a minute. It, they said worldwide. Yeah, yeah. And then they just silently changed that without an announcement. That is really bizarre. I picked up on that. I knew that mm-hmm. it was a thing. Yep. But yeah, it's just the, the the way publishers seem. And I know none of the publishers have any, you know, uh, there, there's no benefit for them to, you know, work with each other. But if you all release your shit at the same time, <laughs> I know. don't cry about, oh, our sales are low. I know, I know. It's so stupid. It just, it really hurts my brain. Yep. But yeah, the, uh, so th- I think the big two ones that are safe-er in March would be Nino Kuni 2 and Far Cry 5. Those two are different enough that they're not really going to, you know, affect each other badly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same token, a lot of the other ones around it, like Sea of Thieves, that one's probably going to get forgotten. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a bunch of other stuff coming out, a way out. Haven't heard anything about the game. Might be good. Might be the best game of March. I don't know <laughs> how many people are going to buy it though. It's all it comes out all in the same days, and this is the problem when they when they all crush in. And then it's like before the first half of March, there's you know a couple things here and there, like one or two things a week. Yep. And then all of a sudden, March twentieth, twenty third, and twenty seventh, it's just you've got what? There's ten games, twelve game, dozen games within that within that like week span. I know it's ridiculous. And then they wonder why it doesn't sell. As I say, and we still to this day don't have a uh, situation where like anything comes out in the middle of summer. Yeah, yeah. When yeah. everyone's home. <laughs> everyone's off school. So the summer home. is always a desert every year, and it's like, would it really kill you to like push it back, you know, a month or two just to give it space to breathe? Apparently so. So far, this article has four things listed for May, two of which are re. Uh, remasters. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them being Dark Souls remastered. Yes, so hype. June has uh, one listed here, uh, not being the the vampire vampire. So there's two things in June, mm-hmm. both of which are coming out at the beginning of June, and then uh, they only have listed Red Dead Redemption two for October. But then we know there's a shitload more coming for October. But there's nothing else listed for 2018. I think E3 is going to be very uh, big for announcements for this when a lot of release dates, which is usually the case. But at the same token, that also leaves the summer quite empty which is also i think part of the reason why the summertime is always so empty mm. is that a lot of developers don't want to you know announce their game before e3 yeah or you know come out and announce this is our date for you know but they want to do it at e3 which always puts it at about the holiday season i think it's part of the reason maybe mm. the same token it's like wouldn't you want to get out when no one else is releasing if I someone know, released right? a big profile game in july and it sold well it was all it's gonna take is one and then people are gonna be like hmm, maybe we should do that isn't that what happened with Breath of the Wild? Didn't Breath of the Wild come out in, like, August or something? I forget. I forget. I think it was sometime in the uh, in the summer months, though, if mm. I remember right. And then, you know, that was, like, one of the biggest games of the year. So. Yeah. But, yeah, that's the big thing for release dates this year. Yeah. So, back off to the normal news. Uh, Kaz Harai is stepping down as Sony's CEO. Yep. Uh, after a s- six-year reign, uh, the move was pr- proposed by himself. He will take on the new role as chairman, uh, as he it also follows on the departure of PlayStation CEO Andrew House last October. Right. Uh, yeah, he was really awesome. Yeah, he was. You know, where is it? Sir? Okay, from April 1st, current Sony CFO Kenichiro Yoshida will take on the role as CEO. Hmm. Which means we're not going to have... Uh, we, we might still be there at E3. Is uh, Kaz Harai at E3? 
Maybe. You you probably see him probably, there. Probably, yeah. Who comes out on the stage is still to be seen because mm. Andrew House has been doing that for the last few years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I believe. I don't, yeah, I can't remember. So it'll be interesting to see who Sony has come out on the mm. on the for their press conference. Yeah, that'll be really interesting. We'll have to see, you know, how this uh, new guy does. Hopefully, he does well. Yeah. Because Kazurai was really great. Mm, yeah. And moving on. Nintendo's paid online service for the Switch arrives in September. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'll yep. <laughs> see how it works. I'm, I don't know. I think a lot of people are skeptical about this because the uh, Nintendo ha- doesn't really have a good track record with having decent online services. <laughs> yeah, that's part of the reason why so. I'm like, mm, we'll see. It's uh, it's going to be uh, $3.99 per month, $7.99 every three months, or $20 for a year of access, which is not terrible. That is not bad. Because, like, you know, uh, Xbox and PlayStation, like, yeah, they have the what $50, $60, $60 a year. But it's like, you know, their services generally work very well. Whereas Nintendo's always had a bit of a uh, struggle making, you know, stuff actually function. That, that and it's also the fact that it's been free forever. So now, of course, getting yeah, people yeah. to pay for it. That is true. It's always well. an uphill battle. Mm. Uh, we'll wait and see. To be fair, though, $20 a year is not that much Ooh, for which, something like this. Which, for the record, total side note, which I've been completely forgetting about, about maybe a week or two ago. Okay. Um, for those, some people know, I work at a uh, National U.S. Retailers Distribution Center. Yep. Uh, specifically, I work in the uh, the IM cage, the inventory management cage. A lot of damaged product and what have you comes through. We've heard stories of the sauce apocalypse and <laughs> other such happenings. The like two weeks ago, there was on a salvage pallet. There was a Wii U. Oh no, it's a Switch. A Nintendo Switch got its box smashed open, but the console, the the box was smashed, but the console was good. So it was a return to vendor. I I was able to grab it off the pallet, open it up, and actually I physically held the little tiny Joy Cons and looked oh, at the really? screen. It's way smaller than I was expecting. Mm. The screen is small, and those little tiny you know Joy Cons are like ridiculously tiny <laughs> in my hands. It's all it's I, I don't even know I don't even have anything specifically here near me that could even be a, a close analog, but it's like these tiny little things, and I'm like these little tiny dinky yeah, thumb yeah. sticks, and it's just like this is so small. <laughs> I don't know. It, you know, it's probably the console itself. I'm not saying it's an issue. It's just the feel in my hands is just weird. But at the same time, it's probably a slightly a uh, bit of a step up from the Wii U's giant ass yeah, yeah, tablet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's actually it's the exact opposite feeling. The giant tablet thing is you know solid feeling. You know, it's it's, it's not like the Joy Cons themselves are solid enough feeling, but it's just they're so small and dinky that the tiny little A B X Y buttons are just you yeah, know it's yeah, just like yeah. Yeah, I don't know about this. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't heard anything, you know, severely issued wise as far as durability for the controllers themselves. So that's probably fine. But just, you know, the feel in my hands is so small and tiny <laughs> that it's just like, mm, I don't know. But yeah, that's a, just a side note. I wasn't even planning <laughs> on putting in there, but we did there anyway. Yeah. Okay, so next bit of news. This is interesting. Uh, Google is reportedly working on a PlayStation Now like game streaming service. Really? I wouldn't put it past Google hmm. as to how they implement it. Might make or break it there's rumor like it could work via their chromecast or even a uh their own made console i think the chromecast is a better way to go because people already have those yeah getting yeah. people to buy a whole nother unit just to mm. play games is eh, risky yeah my bet would be with the chromecast we'll have to wait and see right now it's just rumors yeah we'll have to keep an eye on it see mm. uh what happens you know, if anything yeah 
Google definitely has the funds to do those sort of things, though. So oh, absolutely. We'll have to see where that goes. Yep. Speaking of wild acquisitions, this one's great. Have you heard of these? Um, no. Okay, so Microsoft, you know, few several years ago, actually. It's been a couple of years now. You forget how long it's been. Mm-hmm. But uh, they bought Minecraft for $2 billion. So yes, that is it, so true. It, it's not as preposterous as it might seem initially, though I'll categorize them all as I'll believe it if I see it. Oh, wait, I did did hear about this. Now that I'm reading through the article, yes, I did hear about this. Yeah, so uh, there's several acquisitions that are going through the rumor mill at this point in time pointing towards acquisitions of PUBG, EA, and Valve, Valve, (laughs) which is like, mm, I don't... PUBG, this article says that EA is the most likely uh, thing, and I highly doubt that. Valve is a long shot. PUBG to me sounds like the uh, PUBG Corporation, which is obviously that PUBG. That sounds plausible. That's I don't, the only plausible one that I see. Yeah, I don't see EA or Valve, nor do I think I really want EA or Valve to yeah. become part of Microsoft. Yeah, that would be, that'd be like... EA would probably just screw everything up. And yeah, EA is kind of like e- eating the cyanide from <laughs> Microsoft. Because EA is like, yay, now we can screw up something bigger than us. I know, and then Valve is like, mm. Valve has got Steam money. Yeah, and here yeah. lies the problem. <laughs> you, you, you don't you don't face Gabe Newell and his Steam money. I <laughs> that and I don't know if I would really like Microsoft to have control of Steam. Yeah. So there's that too. Oh God, no! That was right. I didn't even think about that. The Windows 10 <laughs> store takes over Steam. Exactly. That's <laughs> that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> like, have you seen the Windows 10 store? It's horrible. Please, no. God, Steam is great. <laughs> Yeah, I know. It was amazing. Oh, God. I didn't even think about that. I'm going to go, that's just... That was my uh, first thought when I read this. I remember uh, I read this I read this pretty briefly, and I was like, that was the first thing I came to when they said Valve, and I was like, no. But here's the fun part, uh, though. If they did acquire Valve, they could then force Gabe Newell to stop counting his Steam money and start making Half-Life 3. They could. But, but then I, they would put it on the Windows 10 store that's only. That's it. <laughs> Just to troll the shit out of everybody. <laughs> That's exactly what would happen. I can totally see that. What would you rather have? A reality where Gabe Newell is too busy counting Steam money or a reality with Half-Life 3? On the Windows 10 <laughs> On store. On the Windows 10 store. <laughs> it's like, mm, yeah. That's a hard call. Uh, I have to do some soul searching for that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Again, the most likely one I see is PUBG Corporation. That one is plausible. I can definitely uh, see that happening. I, I, again, I'll count all of them as to, I'll believe it when I see it. And the only time you'll see it is if it actually comes to fruition, where it's like, oh, Microsoft has bought this person for how many billions of dollars. Yeah. And I don't think it's worth the liability of adopting EA. That no, that would be a bad idea. Like, that would just you know start setting fires in your backyard immediately. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's more like, oh, there's a fire in our backyard. Let's go grab the lighter fluid that's to go put that thing out. <laughs> Maybe not the smartest thing to do. <laughs> I don't know. I the the uh, the good thing I could say about if they did take over PUBG is that maybe they could then you know get more resources to the game where they can actually polish it up more. <laughs> I've been told it's still a buggy mess. Yeah. You know, and I'm mildly even with with our new internet now. I'm very much interested in trying out some sort of multiplayer games. But the problem mm. being is that I no longer have Xbox Live or the PlayStation Network. Or yeah. Not. PS Plus. PS Plus, yeah. I forgot what it was for a second. (laughs) So I don't have any of those, so I can't play multiplayer games. So it's like, well, shit. (laughs) But now with the, uh, you know, better, you know, upload and download speeds, I'm mildly intrigued to see how little difference it actually probably is going to make. 
But I still kind of like mm, the back of my mind. I'm thinking I'm looking at it's thirty dollars on PC for PUBG, and I'm thinking, well, do I? Nah, I don't know. Yeah, from what I've seen, PUBG is one of those games where it's like. It's really fun if you're playing it with friends over, like, a voice chat. As, uh, but otherwise, it's kind of like, yeah. I got friends at my workplace that bought it, and they're like, it's, it's, eh. it's like sometimes like, you hide for 20 to... minutes, and then all of a sudden you just yeah. get killed from someone you didn't even see. And, yeah, or it's you're one of those games and... where it's like you can make your own entertainment if you're with, yeah. you know, friends talking on voice chat. And apparently there's also weird things going on now. They, they just patch the vehicle damage down so that it, it takes, like, three to four hits to kill somebody with a vehicle. Yeah. But yet they can kill you in, in your vehicle, like, <laughs> super fast. And yeah, so, yeah. Uh, so it's like it's like some of the st- more things you could do is you could just run across the level with in a vehicle and just bonsai through it and die and just respawn into a new one. You can screw around. It's I don't know. Yeah, <coughs> I'm I interested in trying the, uh, it out, but it looks like it's real buggy mess, even on PC. Yeah, I just remember that one moment with uh, Markiplier live streaming with Bob and Wade where they found the dancing zombies, and that was just hilarious. <laughs> It's one of those things where it's like you can make your own entertainment out of it if you're with, you know, a bunch of close friends just screwing around. Mm. Yeah, so I'm I'm actually, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking about trying out PUBG. Mm. We'll see what happens when we'll it goes on happens. sales. I, it's not on sale anywhere from what I can tell, so. Yeah. Who knows? But again, uh, the big thing was that if they if they do acquire it, maybe they can actually, you know, start you <laughs> know, putting resources into fixing bugs and what yeah, have you. Yeah, yeah. And not just monopolizing all the loot boxes. One can hope. Yeah. Moving yeah, on. Yeah, another uh, game or that I heard about recently that's kind of similar to PUBG but is a lot more polished is uh, Have you heard of Fortnite? Yes, I have. Yeah, Matter that fact, one looks a lot better and apparently plays a lot better than PUBG, but it's the same basic premise of, you know, same you drop into a the, map. Uh, and I think that one is actually. I've, who was the I developer for I believe that for... one is free as well. I'm pretty sure it is. I'm forgetting entirely who the developer that is. Uh, there was a news article that I skipped over that said that Fortnite has more concurrent players than PUBG right now. Yeah, Fortnite so, is also free as far as I'm aware. I'm unsure. I know PUBG you have to buy. PUBG you have to buy. I'm fairly certain Fortnite is free. Yeah. I think they make a lot of their money through uh, M- microtransactions and loot Which boxes. Which for a free probably. game is we, again, fine. Yeah, that's fine. I'm that's okay the model, with that. I'm perfectly fine with that. But uh, yeah, that game is definitely a lot more polished. Pubja. <laughs> Pubja. Yeah. I don't know. I'm interested. I'm more interested in PUBG because it's more of a realistic thing with, with, you know, realistic guns and attachments and what have you. Yeah, yeah. It's got my attention more, but then it's just a kind of a buggy mess at the (laughs) moment. So it's like, I don't know. Yeah, Val confirms PUBG is 30 USD. Fortnite is free. Okay. That's what I thought. I knew knew PUBG was $30. I knew that because I looked it up just the other day. Yep. Yep. Moving on. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, We've got two tabs of news on loot box. Loot boxes and their potential bans and Yay. classifications and what have you. <laughs> uh, Germany is looking into the potential of a loot box ban due to gambling elements. Yep. Thanks, EA. <laughs> OEA. <laughs> OEA. Yes. Yeah. I would love to listen to some of the conversations of other, you know, yeah, publishers. publishers <laughs> Especially just Blizzard. This. Especially Blizzard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're probably really loving EA right now. <laughs> But yeah, the uh, German newspaper Welt was first on the story describing the influence of a new study conducted by the University of Hamburg. According to the paper, an increased amount of games are com- containing more elements of gambling than they had previously. Mm. Again, 
we've seen the extra credit vid- was it extra credits or was it no it was game theory yeah it was game theory game theory about the video about why it's not necessarily quote unquote gambling per mm-hmm. se because you actually get something in return yeah whereas gambling you put money in and you necessarily might not get anything back mm-hmm. I understand that argument but at the same token governments see, see things differently exactly we'll see where this goes a lot of the reason being is that maybe it's a generational thing a lot of people in government right now never really played video games <laughs> Yeah. I can see the argument of why it's not actually gambling. The problem is is that it's a predatory practice and it is being used as a predatory practice. Yep. And that's the way the government see it as. Mm-hmm. And oh, we must save the children. That's always the excuse you hear when Oh yeah, a, every time. <laughs> whenever a politician says that, that's when your red flag has to come up immediately and go, "Wait, stop, break. Let's take it down a gear and see what what the actual reasoning is." <laughs> I'm always suspicious whenever they use that one. I know. But not to be outdone, moving next, uh, loot, by- loot boxes might soon be classified as gambling in Sweden. Yep. Thanks, EA. Thanks, EA. <laughs> oh, EA. Yep. Just had to ruin the party for everyone. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, you adopt EA, you're inviting a problem child into your house. Uh, the argument could be made that maybe Microsoft could, you know, tame them down but at the same time Maybe. i'd be worried i'd be worried about the reverse yeah i was gonna say they might be able to we'll <coughs> we'd have to see you know, who would win that we'll battle. cross that bridge if it's if it goes anywhere but yep. at the same token <laughs> that one i find to be a tall tale as well as valve oh yeah absolutely there's no way that microsoft is getting valve I would yeah. be floored if that ever that, happened. That, you would really shit your pants then, because at that point in time, it's like, oh, no. Oh, no, the Windows 10 store. <laughs> Here he comes. Uh, that is nightmare fuel right there. <laughs> now, the best case scenario is if they just made the Windows 10 store and combined it with Steam so that it's just Steam that would for be, everything. That I would be okay with. Somehow I don't see that happening. Yeah, that, that's, that's wishful thinking. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but again, we'll cross that bridge if it actually happens. First off, we would both be floored at that Oh, news. God, yeah. That would be shocking. I'd be like, maybe Gabe Newell should spend less time counting Steam money and more time figuring out if anyone else is buying his company. <laughs> that's it. So Gabe, just imagine like poor Gabe like sitting in the back room counting money while out, you know, other elsewhere is just like Microsoft moving in. <laughs> <laughs> it's like and he has no idea. There's a great political cartoon somewhere in that <laughs> thought. Oh you know, god. Gabe, you gotta stop being distracted. Stop counting your money. It's like on the like, camera pans to just like Microsoft painting the walls. <laughs> <laughs> oh yep. god. What are you going to do? Yeah. Moving on. Moving on. Twitch is getting new uh, policies for sexual content and harassment. Okay. Uh, they're taking extra steps to clean up their community and combat harassment on the platform. A revised set of community guidelines focus on harsher penalties and cracking down on sexual content with measures including permanent bans and off-site harassment moderation. Okay. Uh, in a blog How post are they going today, to moderate things off-site? I have no idea. <laughs> Uh, two new changes have been implemented to mark stronger stance towards misbehavior and sexual content. Yada yada. Uh, so the Twitch community centers upon women streamers and their attire. Women wearing revealing clothes that often face disappropriate levels of harassment. Yada yada. Where is the specific? The Twitch's new policy warns that streamers cannot wear attire intended to be sexually aggressive. And how are they going to measure this exactly? I don't know. <laughs> You know, among uh, the clothing specified are undergarments, intimate apparel, expressing or focusing on male or female genitals, buttocks or nipples. 
Oh, no. Oh, no. Think of the children. I know. Think of Laura. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Twitch's blog post expands, expands on the rules by offering a loose dress code, attire, quote, attire in gaming streams at uh, most at-home streams, and all profile channel imagery should be appropriate for public street, mall, or restaurant attire. Uh, yeah. So, again, that's, that doesn't it, really... Again, it sounds good, but how are you going to quantify that? Who's who's to be the judge of this? Exactly. You know, who... Do you... So, like, are we going by, like, a skin percentage, or, like... Yeah, is there what's... a skin percentage? Like, there like, are some are pretty revealing to... dresses that can be worn out to a restaurant. restaurant. Exactly, I know. And, you know, so, again, is it just eye of the beholder? Is it in context? Is it depending on how what mood the moderators and <laughs> feelings that day? Yeah, I don't know. It's a good thought. It sounds good on paper, yeah. but I don't know how they're actually going to like implement it. Implement it fairly is yeah. more so. Yeah, and consistently. And consistently, yeah. Because yeah. it's just I don't know. I, I get what they're trying to go for, but at the same time, I don't know exactly what kind of set of. Uh, criteria that like they've listed their criteria but at the same time it still leaves a lot open for interpretation yeah they've listed a lot of stuff but it's nothing like overly specific yeah obviously you know only being in undergarments and what have you that's pretty yeah, cut they, and dry yeah. but at the same time i've I, there's some casual attire that people wear at home or even out to the re restaurant or to the mall that are still revealing enough yeah i don't know it's it comes down to the to someone's interpretation and opinion and that can wildly you know vary depending on who is looking at it yeah again i get the idea what they're going for though and zaldera is not wearing any pants right now by the way <laughs> just you know information the yeah. more you know <laughs> and uh and a matter of fact that's actually the last tab of news all right that's not too bad it was actually pretty good uh is there anything else you need to say about the news not really oh wait no he is wearing pants <laughs> We 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 we've been fed some fake news. I know, right? How dare? Hmm. Oh, though though he might be joking, we're not sure right now. Mm. I'm gonna have to leave that one up to the imagination. <laughs> Should we head to the forum? Sure. So forum. Yes, forum. Yes. Those we've, do exist. Those do exist, and we kind of forgot about it last week. <laughs> And it's funny Which, because we didn't even remember that night. It was like a day or two later. No, no, no. It, it was, was that like, night. No, first off, it was the same. Sh it was two weeks ago or three, mm -hmm. two or two weeks ago. Two weeks was ago. the show, and we were like, that was the beginning of the show. Where we were like, we need feedback. You know, we yeah, want yeah, feedback. Yeah. You know, do you still want the forum? And then that show, we didn't. And it was like an hour after the show, we were watching anime, and then it was like, oh wait, I I stopped when we had we had we got our food together. We got the food down in front of it. We were about to hit play, and it's like, wait a minute. We forgot the forum. Right, that was it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like you said that all of a sudden. It's just like dot, dot, dot. <laughs> well, oh yeah. Well, okay. Not that it really makes much difference either way. Yeah. So let's go over this one's not going to take very long. No. Nope. All right. So right here we have the VGP two ninety four discussion topic: holiday gaming memories. What is your favorite gaming memory that occurred during the winter holiday season? Was it spending time with friends and family playing Mario Party? Was it receiving the console or game that you've been waiting for, waiting and hoping for? Let us know. So first in is Vic Monado. Bit cliche, but it has to, but it has to be when I got the Nintendo Wii. Was just the right age and excitement was really built up since we had 
in in our house from September, waiting to be opened. Sure, motion controls are a joke now, but around 12 years ago, it was the most exciting thing since insert something exciting here. Uh, Wii Sports with the family was a blast. There were some funny accidents, and for me, Twilight Princess, a game that had much hype for the Wii, for me as the Wii itself. They don't make Christmas like they used to, at least now that I'm old enough to drink booze. Happy holidays. And he's yeah. got an amazing gift this here. This is an amazing well. gift, by the way. Yeah, we had a. He uh, has a gift of a Wii U, but yeah, we, I remember when we first got the Wii, it was also very interesting. We had it for a l- longest time. We jiggled around with it mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. I think we still have it. It's in a, it's in a it's in container the, uh, somewhere. Yeah, it's in that box in the corner of the room with the GameCube and right. the PS2. Yep. But uh, yeah, Twilight Princess was an amazing game. I actually didn't have the Wii version of that. I had the GameCube version of that. Mm. Oh wow! Actually, I, I I read it wrong. There's only two. There's responses. only two responses. There's <laughs> only two responses to this one. Yeah, so, three total plus mine. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, then the next in and last in was Zaldera. Uh, best winter holiday gaming se- season gaming memory is this Christmas Day where I finally started playing games again. After not touching them for ages, as mentioned in the last topic, but I actually put some hours into Endless Sky, uh, a free overhead 2D Elite-like. Joking, actually, like Vic, it's a bit cliched, but was when I got my first console, Sega Master System 2, almost uh, Sega Master System almost two decades ago. Mm. Again, it was all there. We can never tell if he's joking or not. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, the Master System. I remember that. Oh, yeah. Sega Master was great. Hmm. I think Kaz still has hers, if I remember right. I have no idea. She either has her Sega Master or Sega Genesis. She still has one of those consoles, and it still works, because uh, one of the times I went over to visit her, we played it, and it was amazing. Yep. So uh, the forum for next time, whenever we end up going over it, maybe April, who knows? <laughs> this rate, we tend to forget, uh, is uh, something to the effect of, obviously, wording as always, but maybe even the what is the best or what is the most fun you had what game was the most fun you had playing in 2017 okay or the best game you played in 2017 not necessarily released in 2017 so it's it's kind of like a game of the year 2017 but what you played in 2017 don't worry i'll turn that into a sentence at some point <laughs> somehow somehow i'll turn that into a sentence does that make sense yeah it'll be Hopefully it'll be good. We'll yeah. see. We'll see. The uh, the, so the idea is, you know, the best game you had the most fun with in 2017, not necessarily having been released in 2017, but that you played in 2017. Mm. Yeah, I can work with that. All right. So yeah, there's the forum, and I believe it is now time for wait for hold on a second, a review. Gasp. We should get there now and confirm this. Hmm. So, review. What have you got? A uh, whole lot of nothing. A <laughs> whole lot of nothing. Well, it's a good thing I'm here. Mm. So, yeah, I've actually been playing a game. What? Gas. Wait, hold on a second. Not Pokemon? Not Well, I have been playing Pokemon, too, but I'm playing another game as well. Oh, okay. <laughs> another, another game. Another, another game. I know. Gasp. All right. This is interesting. Yes. So, Ever Oasis for the 3DS game i've heard a lot about very interesting sounding i saw a little bit of it when it was first released uh, i watched a let's play on youtube play through the first like handful of sections not too far in but it was like it seemed interesting so i wanted to try it out this game is fascinating this game is a lot more than what it initially looks like on the surface which is always nice to find you know especially in a uh, 3ds game 
So yeah, developed by Grezzo and published by Nintendo, I believe exclusively for the 3DS. Yes. Yes. Yes, it's only listed for 3DS. Yep, that's what I thought. <coughs> All right, so basically what happens is uh, you play as a sentient creature called a seedling, which is a little kind of chibi person who has the ability to control wind magic. And the basic controls start out as like you open up and you're talking to another seedling who has turned out to be your older brother, who uh, is the chief of a settlement called an oasis. And it's not really made clear if all seedlings have the ability to create an oasis, but apparently a lot of them have the ability to go out and like make these settlements by themselves and become, you know, the chief of their own little settlement. And so you're living under your older brother's guidance, and, you know, the first couple of uh, minutes you're just kind of wandering around, uh, going out and meeting, like, people and finding different things that are going on in his settlement. And not too long afterwards, though, you come across this bright purple, like, plant-looking thing. It's like, it's not really a flower, it's more just like a purple weed growing out of the ground. And then your brother tells you, it's like, oh, what is that doing here? Say, uh, it's a chaos plant, like, how did that sprout here? That, that shouldn't be allowed. And then he gets rid of it with his wind magic. And then all of a sudden everything just kind of goes to hell all at once. And a whole bunch more of these chaos plants start sprouting up out of nowhere. Uh, the sky turns dark, you know, everything's all dramatic, everyone's panicking. And uh, your brother's oasis gets basically just overrun all at once by all these uh, chaos plants, which are later explained to be... Uh, chaos is kind of like the evil force of the land that, like, nobody really knows where it comes from, but it destroys everything that it touches. It, like, corrupts animals, it corrupts people, all that. And uh, all of a sudden, like, this giant, like, chaos dragon-type thing appears out of nowhere. Your brother starts fighting it. You kind of get knocked to the side, you know, while he's doing his thing. And then he realizes that there's no real way to, like save you and fight it at the same time so he uses his magic to send you off away into the abyss in order to keep you safe and it kind of fades to black with him fighting the chaos dragon that's the last you see of him and so your character wakes up in a desert with a water spirit nearby and you and the water spirit start talking her name is esna and the two of you basically come to the agreement like you tell her what happened and she's like you know, oh, I didn't know that there were any more, like, seedlings around in this area. Like, you know, oh, where did you come from, yada yada. You fill her in on what happened, basically. And the two of you decide to make an agreement to make your own new oasis in this desert where you've landed in order to, like, you know, start gathering supplies, start gathering, like, you know, people to help you in order to fend off the chaos that is quickly encroaching around the surrounding desert areas, basically. And so it's kind of, it's an interesting, it's kind of a little bit like Animal Crossing in that you have to uh, maintain your own your oasis. Like every day villagers will come in at random and, you know, be visiting and kind of looking around your area. And if they like the area or if they, uh, if their requirements are met, you can do missions for them. Or if like, you know, they prefer to see certain things that are present in your oasis, they might decide to settle down and become a resident. And the uh, the more residents you get, the more your oasis will grow and flourish and actually like rank up based on how many people are currently living there. Like for example, if a traveler comes in and is like one of their requirements is oh I like uh, I like seeing you know hearing drums and like you have a 
a set of drums like set up somewhere in the Oasis. They're like, oh, you know, this is enjoyable. Maybe I'll stick around. Or like other ones will be like, oh, I was I got caught fighting monsters, you know, outside, and I dropped this thing that's important to me. You know, hopefully somebody will go get it. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. And if you go out and get the thing for them and bring it back, then they're like, oh, you know. That was, you know, really nice for you. Maybe I'll just settle down and live here now. And it's like, that's how you get new residents in your Oasis. And there are certain thresholds that you have to pass in order for the Oasis to actually level up. I think the first one is, like, two or three residents. Then it goes to, like, five, then, like, seven, then, like, nine. And then it just keeps, you know, incrementally getting bigger and bigger. The more you grow, uh, you know, you grow your community, basically. And once you have a resident uh, that has settled down, you can offer them... The ability to run a shop for you and I think the first one you get is always the fruit shop which is just kind of like your tutorial for how that works and basically what happens is it's called a bloom booth I believe I guess called a shop whatever you kind of grow it out the ground and then they maintain the shop for you it's a bit of an excuse though is that you have to keep the shop uh, stocked with whatever materials it needs like for the fruit shop, you have to get like these special berries that grow nearby and in order to keep her uh, supplied so she can sell things. But as long as you keep, you know, the shop stocked, then she will give you the money that she earns during the day by selling things. So it's kind of a back and forth exchange that way. Because if you neglect, you know, the shop, then she won't be able to sell anything and then you won't be able to make any money in that way. So... You do have a bit of an incentive to keep uh, keep up with everything. It's a bit of a pain at first. You have to manually restock the shops, but uh, after a certain point in the game, you actually gain the ability to like stock in bulk, where you have an NPC that moves into your town at a certain point that has the ability to distribute materials you know, that you are carrying on you to everybody all at once, which makes life a lot easier. But... Uh, yeah, every time you level up the Oasis, you gain the ability to have more spaces available for shops to be planted. And it's like, I think the first, uh, like, level zero, you have, like, two spaces available. And then once you level up, then you gain an additional, like, one or two. And then every level up thereafter, you gain an additional one or two. And, uh, yeah, keeping the shops hap the shopkeepers happy as well is uh, is very important because... At a certain point in time, it'll come to your attention that in order to keep certain places uh, stocked, you need to actually go outside of your oasis to the lands nearby in order to gather materials and resources. And as soon as you leave your oasis, then you are confronted with the fact that there are monsters everywhere outside of your little uh, area. Your area is kind of like protected by the magic of the water spirit that you made the agreement with. But everywhere outside is kind of like a no man's land. It's, you know, it's pure desert. It's like there's monsters everywhere. There are caves you can go in that have higher level monsters. There are like dungeons, like full dungeons that you can explore that have uh, different kinds of monsters in it. And depending on what exactly you are fighting is, you know, what they drop is what certain shops need. So you kind of have to kind of keep an eye on what drops what material in order to know what you need to gather to stock up different you know different places but uh as long as you keep your shopkeepers happy as well is uh every time you leave your oasis because of the uh the quote-unquote magic of you know 
the community and whatever else. I forget how they explain it. But basically, your health bar increases in accordance with how happy everybody is in your community. So you actually have an incentive to keep everyone happy in your community because that is absolutely huge. Like, your character's own health bar without any bonus is, like, so freaking tiny. It's like, you know, oh, you are actually a mortal creature who does not respond well to getting stabbed by a monster. So you actually, like, need that health boost in order to actually be able to fight things effectively. You know, if you don't want to play the dodging game, which, you know. Yeah, the uh, the fighting mechanics are very similar to, uh, I always say it's, like, kind of Zelda-esque, where you, have, you come equipped with, I think, a sword, and then you have to, uh, you know, just, like, learn how to fight that way. There's dodging moves, you can do attacking moves, all that. It feels very Zelda in a lot of ways. And same thing with the uh, the dungeons that are available in, like, caves nearby. Sometimes they expand into different, uh, you know, a whole bunch of different, like, labyrinth-type settings that also feel extremely Zelda-esque, where there's a lot of puzzle rooms you have to get through in order to go deeper and deeper into different dungeons. And, uh... Yeah, it's, it's really interesting, this. And also, every time you leave your oasis, you have the opportunity to bring up to two of your residents with you that also, like, fight alongside you. And one thing this game gets super right that I am very pleased about is that the AI of your residents who you bring with you in order to fight with you is actually really well programmed in that they are not stupid and they don't get in the way. They actually are able to fight very effectively and actually know when to dodge certain attacks. So it's actually really good in that way. Are you pushing more fake news? Maybe. Yeah, I don't believe this. NPCs that don't get in the I way. I know, NPCs that don't get in the way. It's incredible. That sounds like fake news to me. I know, I know. The uh, Yeah, they actually, whenever you're near an enemy, they will independently start to attack the enemy and they will also independently dodge and, you know, do their own, like, movesets in a way that makes sense. And it's like, holy shit, that's possible? Like, wait, what? I know, it's, it's something else. And another thing that I really like about this game is that when you're out in the field with your two friends, whoever you decide to take with you, you can actually swap who you're playing as effortlessly at will by pushing either up or down on the D-pad. So if you need to solve a certain puzzle, say, like, one of your friends has the ability to, like, you know, use a, use a staff in order to, like, trigger some device, then you can actually switch to that character and solve that particular puzzle with the skill set that that particular character has in order to progress through the different rooms. And sometimes you physically cannot progress through an area unless you have a specific skilled party member with you. So it's interesting in that way how they set it up for, like, you're constantly swapping out partners depending on, like, what the dungeon is, what type of puzzles it has, and what each character is capable of doing at that particular point in time. So, that's <laughs> all so there. It says impossible. I know, I know. It, I was surprised as well, trust me. But, yeah. The, uh, yeah, the AI actually does not require babysitting, and it's... One of the best things I've seen in the game in a long time. Is it? Is it a strange feeling? It's a very strange feeling. It's like, whoa, wait, that that's possible? What? You didn't know what to do with yourself at that point, did I you? I know, I know. You're just so used to it. 
Yeah, the uh, the health bonus that you get from keeping your residents back home happy applies to all party members that you have with you, which is really nice because they also have very small health bars unless they get the uh, the health boost from keeping everybody in the Oasis happy. And uh, yeah, another thing that I really like as well in this game that I wish other games would do because, oh my god, just why is this not in other RPGs? When you get to the point in the game where you can craft your own weapons and armor and items and things, when you're exiting that menu, it asks you if you want to optimize what you've made, and it'll just give you all of the best gear all at once. And you don't have to sit around and try to shuffle through everything that you've made in order to, like, figure out, you know, which uh, pieces of equipment need to be upgraded. And then later on as well, you have an NPC that you can uh, change your equipment, you know, with him. And there's just a button there that says, Optimize. And it'll just do it. And it's the best thing ever. Like, why is this not in other RPGs? My god. Uh, important question, though. Yes. In all seriousness, though, uh -huh. have, uh, you said, you said this RPG has some really great improvements you'd like to see in other RPGs though, right? Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um have have any of the other characters asked you to swap underwear with them? <laughs> Cuz if it's lacking that choice, I'm here to tell you right now, it's it's a lacking RPG. I haven't finished the game yet. Okay, I so this, the possibility is still open. The possibility is still open. I don't know if that's around the corner okay. or not. Anyone who doesn't Maybe. understand what I'm talking about, he needs to check out my Twitter more often. <laughs> oh god. Oh, Blue Reflection, never mm. change. Oh, no, Japan. Japan, never Japan, change. Japan, never change. Mm. Oh, God. So, yeah. <laughs> when you're out in the world, you come across frequent uh, points where you can either warp back home or save your progress, which is pretty handy because the more places you explore, you can warp back and forth between that place and, you know, either other places or, you know, back home just freely on the fly with pretty much no uh, repercussions for doing that which is so nice but uh yeah I'll, I'll let you know about about the underwear question it it might be there it's still a we'll the see possibility still open the possibility okay. is still open we'll see what happens and uh yeah it's there it's a really interesting game this just the fact that it's it combines a lot of different gameplay elements but they all just kind of work together because like you have the one element of building like actual buildings in your oasis you have the angle of keeping everybody happy and you're constantly getting new residents uh every day you, like i said you get anywhere between like zero to three visitors and if you talk to them they'll tell you like you know their requirements for settling down and then you know you have to make time to fulfill those requirements because i think visitors only stick around for like a day or two and time is constantly moving forward in this game, so you have to kind of, like, prioritize who you want, like, based on, like, their skills or, like, you know, what kind of shop they want to run. And you have to prioritize making those people happy so they'll move in. And, uh, and then there's also, you know, the opposite end of the spectrum with the dungeon crawling, uh, leveling up, you know, level grinding, gathering items, fighting monsters, fighting bosses. There are some really, really awesome bosses in this game. Like, certain dungeons you can only access based on, like, story missions. And there's a certain point in time where you will come up a full-fledged boss in this, you know, in this game. And you have to figure out how to deal with that. And some of the bosses I've faced so far have been really, really cool. So, I mean, like, it's a lot of things all at once, but it works very, very well. It's also really a pretty game to look at. 
Like, your oasis starts out as basically, like, you know, just a small thing in the middle of the desert. But as you grow it more, like, you get more greenery, you get more, like, scenery to look at, more, like, you know, uh, water areas, all that. And it's just, like, it's a really, really pretty game to look at, as well as being, you know, really interesting in how it just combines so many different elements all at once. So, yeah. Have I rambled enough? Uh, probably. <laughs> I'm <laughs> just probably. wondering, do we got a rating for this anytime soon? I'm going to say buy it now. You like seem this, to be enjoying it a lot. This game is fascinating. It's being looked. I actually might buy it myself. Whoa. I'm really? not. I'm totally for serious. Awesome. Yeah, it's been a while since I've actually found a gameplay game where it's like, I would like to play this to absolute completion maybe multiple times. So, yeah, it's, it's really good. I definitely encourage people to at least gameplay it and check it out because... It's very different. Like, you just look at it and you're saying, oh, it's kind of like Animal Crossing. We have to, like, take care of villagers and, like, you know, babysit the community. But it's it's really a lot more than that. It's a fascinating RPG, this. And it's got so many elements in it that I wish were in other RPGs that I don't understand why it's so hard for other RPGs to just do these couple of simple things to make themselves so much better. Like swapping underwear. Like swapping underwear, yes. That is truly the most important thing. Mm. Feature set, yo. It's feature all about set. the feature set. Yes. Anything else, or should we move on? Oh, I can probably talk about more, mm. but... Yeah, I definitely just encourage people to check it out, at least, because it is really, really cool. Mm. Sounds like it. Yep. Uh, if you've got nothing else for that, you probably do have more for that. Oh, I could go on. There are a lot of features I never even covered about this. Like, there's so much to this game, mm. which is so cool, because, like, you know... Even back when I was first, like, just watching people play it on YouTube, it was like, okay, this seems kind of interesting. Like, you know, maybe it's kind of like Animal Crossing, yada, yada. Like, I had no idea just how in-depth this game was. Like, it's really cool. Like, this could have easily been, like, a PS4 game. Mm. Definitely sounds awesome. It definitely looks very interesting. I've seen a couple bits of it here and there. Mm -hmm. So that is good there. And I do believe it is time to head on off to the final thoughts. Yep. Time now for some final thoughts. Yay. All right, so what do you want to go over first? you want to go over anime we've seen or the anime awards? Uh, let's go over anime we've seen for right Alrighty now. All righty then. Junie Tyson. Junie Tyson. Oh, where do we even start with this? Oh, I had such high hopes for this show. Uh, I really, really did. Yeah. It, it's got all the right elements, but it's just the wrong execution. Why can nobody make a decent Zodiac anime? <laughs> My God, like Fruits Basket and now this? Is it really that others hard? As well. yeah, the, There's probably uh, others, but is it really that hard to make a decent Zodiac anime? It shouldn't be. <laughs> and yet here we are. I know a lot of people when this first came out applauded the fact that there was no, like, "Quote unquote main, main character, character, therefore no, that, nobody yeah. had no, nobody has plot armor and uh -huh. and I can understand the especially those who are easily irritated by like the Kirito types. Yes, yes, could probably praise such a thing. Herein lies the problem: is that when you don't have a main character, your show lacks a certain focus. Yeah. First off, it was directed by like the Monogatari series director or something like that, and it was written by the same guy who wrote Future Diary. Yes. Its first big, the huge overarching structural problem I have with it is that the writer, there's only so much a director can do when he's given a bad script, and the writer <laughs> was trying to make Lightning Strike twice and make another Future Diary clone because there's so many parallels. It just it 
that's all I can think about is like, well, there's yeah. so many different obstacles about it. it's a death game with 12 people and the winner gets a wish or something like, you know, it's like yeah, it's, yeah, there's yeah. far too many uh, similarities. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, is the writing is nowhere near as good because you're told, like, oh, you the winner can get one wish from some omni potent or some sort of you know vague uh organization that's putting on this event it's like well what it you do there's no there's nothing to to you know to aim for there's mm-hmm. just oh well i get a wish okay and then you're you're you, the first episode is like you, you you follow the boar as she's walking through the city. There's many other questions, but suspension of disbelief in anime, I can let a lot go. Uh-huh. She's walking through a, a city of like 500,000 people that's been emptied out in 12 hours or something like that. And it's like <laughs> empty city for them to fight in. I'm like, okay, I can let that go. Mm. And it's like she's talking about I'm like, okay, is this the main character? And it's like after – it's like I don't know how much of a spoiler alert we really want to put on this, but it's like – a good solid 80% of the time, you follow somebody through an episode, and then they get killed at the end of the episode. Yep. <laughs> like, immediately. And how am I supposed to care about anyone if I'm supposed to root for anyone if they just get killed at the end of every, almost every episode? Yeah. It's like, what the hell's going on? It's just it's kind of bizarre. Yeah, the uh, we didn't make it through the whole thing. Seven episodes. We looked up the ending, and I'm kind of glad we didn't make it through the whole thing because <laughs> I would have been ripping pissed about that. My God, I was right though. It's not as obvious as it's is made out to be. It's mm-hmm. like there's two early on that are really like strong and overwhelmingly pow- more powerful than the rest of them. And it's like okay, but then you're given like light rays of hope and a couple other characters, but then they get killed mid. It's like a- after a certain character got killed at the end of episode seven, we were just like staring off in the deep space and it's like do i really feel like it it's just and then you looked up the <sighs> ending and from down the hallway i hear oh yeah we're done with this it's like <laughs> okay yeah, yeah. it's like <sighs> i just read the short synopsis of the final episode i was just like we're done with this we're just, done no, no. I, again it, it's, just, it's like you can imagine many ways for this to end i guarantee none of the things you imagine are as stupid as what it actually is yeah it is so okay, the, the, the spoiler alert is that the, the winner of the Tyson is one of the more uh, like first off the, the everyone these characters have we, we love anime with crazy zones mm-hmm. you know uh, out there characters especially the more psychotic ones or yeah, yeah the character that wins is the one that did the least and at the same token at the same time it's like his power guaranteed he was they were gonna win at the beginning and furthermore what they wish for is to forget about the whole thing yep it's just like, what the fuck? I know. That's not that's not plot. That's just stupid. It's so stupid. It's really bad. It's like, like again, without a main character focus, it, you don't know who to root for. It's like, okay, maybe I should root for this. It's like, there's only one person that's really not so much so. They're all for more or less hired mercenaries is all they really yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. Outside of like maybe two of them. One of them is the rabbit who's a psychopath who's just killing for the sake of killing. There, yeah. There's no rhyme or reason to any of what he does. Mm-hmm. A hilarious interesting character but at the same token it's like he's one of the ones that's overwhelmingly powerful and it's just like you just there's no reason to root for him a lot of the other ones are kind of scummy and you know backhanded but it's like at the same time who should i be rooting for there's only one person that seems somewhat normal ish but at the same time it's like there's no focus to any of it and it's like when all of a sudden you learn about someone's like okay i maybe could get behind oh they're dead now yeah <laughs> just, I don't know. It's a structural issue. It's 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 twofold. First off, there's the lack of focus, and then the fact that they're trying to create another future diary. It's just it didn't work with barely any of the uh, elements that made future diary as good as it was. Yeah, yeah. Like Unogasai versus the rabbit. That would be a match I would pay to see. I would pay to see that as well. But <laughs> at the same token, Unogasai 
was an interesting character in that she had many layers. She had motivations. She had three. Whereas the rabbit, it was just a psychopathic killer. I know, killer he was so seemed, one-sided. It, it seemed like we didn't obviously get to see what kind of backstory he had. Maybe there was more context in that. But at the same token, I don't see how was, then all of a sudden backstory would make me, oh, well, well I care about this character now. Yeah, he was very one-note from what we saw. Yeah, no, it's it's kind of strange. It's it, that one fell on its face pretty hard, which is more or less the <laughs> mood that I get from a lot of other people that have watched it as well. A lot of yeah. people say it st- starts really strong. It's very interesting, but it's just the, the it's a structural writing issue that really yeah. takes it back. Yeah, the structural issue and also the issue with a lot of the characters just seems so one sided. Mm. So unfortunately, other than that, we then started watching a show from a while ago that we've actually seen and we're rewatching part of it and then finishing watching the rest of it. Yeah. Which we never got back to, you know, eons ago, which would be uh, Shakugan no Shana. Yes. Yeah. This anime Shana. is fantastic. I love this anime. Like, I forgot just how awesome this show actually was. Like, I remember way back when that I liked it, but now rewatching it, it was like, this is held up so well. It is it's, so uh, good. The original season is from 2005 and 2006. Yep. And then the second season is from 2000. I think the movie is from 2007. The second season is 2009 or so. And then 2011 is the final season. Yep. <laughs> also also Melon Bread. Bread. Yes, Melon Bread. Yeah, the show is so good. It still holds up so well. I know. It, obviously, the art style is definitely dated. Yeah. Not as tragically dated as you would expect. Mm. It's The animation, though, is still looks the animation's quite great, sharp. And, and so. the uh, the characters are fantastic. This I love this show because it showcases that you can have a main character who can't really fight, who can't really like do much of in the way of like being useful for like battles and stuff. While also not being useless and not being a doormat. Or like, a whiny little bitch. Like, if someone starts on him, he will stand up and start right back on them. And it's so nice to see, because especially for that era, that was a terrible, like, late 90s, mid-2000s thing, where it's like all of the main characters were just, like, you know, quivering doormats, and they just got pushed around and were just there for the sake of being there. Until the last five minutes Until of the, the last, last episode. Until the last five minutes of the last episode, that's exactly it. But no, and this one is like your main character, he can't really like fight, he can't really like do like magic or anything like that, but he's not useless. Like he actually has a a purpose for being there. And like, you know, if somebody starts, you know, ragging on him for he's something. He's not a doormat. He's not a doormat. He will stand up for himself he's not and the he type will yell at people. He's for not a, he's not like a, a persona protagonist that just gets volunteered for shit. Yeah, no. If somebody starts on him, he will stand up and start yelling at them for, you know, trying to push him in a certain direction. And it's so nice to see. Yeah, we're right at the end of the first season for that. Yep. I think that's about all we ever watched of that. I think we never saw the second and third or the movie. Yeah, yeah. Funimation has all of those. Good stuff. The downside, though, is that I think at some point it's going to switch over and then Funimation's voice actors are going to take over. So yeah. there's going to be a voice change, which is sad because <laughs> the originals the were original so good. The original voices are so good. Yeah. I yep. don't, is there anything else we've watched anime-wise? Um. I don't think so. I'm rewatching uh, Yamada Kun and the Seven Witches. I saw that when it was first airing in subtitle, and now I'm watching the dub of it. That show is really good. I like <laughs> that show a lot. And uh, I don't think there's much else that we've been watching, other than the fact that I meant to mention this on the last show and forgot again. <laughs> a lot of there's a theme going on with this, uh, mm. this show. I see we, we seem to forget a lot. Remember the whole thing? Of, did we forget anything? Nope. Don't think yeah, we used, we, <laughs> the answer is probably yes. Yes. We forgot something. Whether or not we remember it before the end is another thing entirely. The Anime Awards. 
the last year's uh, last year's uh, Crunchyroll Yuri on Ice Awards are back again with uh, Yuri on Ice Awards 2.0, better known as the My Hero Academia Awards. <laughs> I know, God. It's kind of funny. Is like a bunch of the anime YouTubers that we watch came out with videos at the beginning, at the end of January, or towards the end of January. We're like. They're like, well, this video is sponsored by Crunchyroll, and they're allowing me to make a joke about how it's the Yuri on Ice Awards again, and yada yada. And then it's like, this year's so much better. And it's like, it's more the same. It's more the same. Like, and then they start going through the nominees for every category, and it's like, My Hero Academia is in almost all of them. Yeah. And also, it's uh, uh, March, March comes, comes in like a lion. lion season two. Yeah, that yeah. one's also another one. It's like in almost every category, and the, and it's like the only improvements that I see from this year over last year is that this year. It's in a month later, so therefore the season can wrap up so that, you know, Yuri on Ice doesn't win Best Animation and then the second half of the series goes to shit. Because <laughs> that's just hilarious. Yeah. Uh, and then the other thing that I've noticed is that the uh, the website that this awards thing is on, it, the animeawards.com, is a really sweet website. <laughs> Someone put some time into that. That is true. It does look very nice. And that's about the only improvements I see this yep. year over last year because it's the same thing all over again. Mm -hmm. it, it is the, the things that really irritate me that stand out are, like, first off, Best Boy and Best Girl, My Hero Academia gets two nomins, nominations in either category. I know. It's, it's like, so annoying. Like, are one you serious? One should not have two nominations in, you know, multiple categories. <clears throat> that's That was a bit ridiculous. Oh, yeah. And then there's... Uh, I don't know. It's just it's I don't know. It's it's between it's like a, uh, my hero academia. Uh, March comes in like a lion, and the other one is uh, Rakugo Shinjo. I forget the full name of that one. Mm. Uh, I don't. I haven't watched it. It's it seems like a very art housey type of anime. Not to say that's bad. It's it's just definitely not my type of thing. But it's like it's that's another one that's in a lot of categories. And it's just like yeah. Hmm. How do these nominees? And then furthermore, it's like even Arcada part up this. How do they order? The, the nominees mm -hmm. that's another thing that's like the first thing you see in the nominees is kind of like they're, they're leading and some of the and then the other thing i noticed is that some of the nominations they're in a certain order but then certain nominations are their pictures are bigger than others yeah i did notice that myself there's a lot of so you know subtext going on in the in the in the psychology going on they're playing games it's just kind of weird oh yeah totally. this right now ongoing for another couple of days is the final vote so a lot of the like the best boy best girl best hero best villain and anime of the year and best manga and a couple other categories are on voting right now and it's just like I'm, it's it's definitely an improvement over last year, but at the same time, it's like it's more of the same from last year. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Then there's like certain other like nominations, like the winner for best hero last year is also nominated this year. <laughs> that I know that was so ridiculous. On what fucking planet? Like if he wins again, that's gonna piss me off. Yep. And then there's other weirder things, like there's certain shows that just got snubbed out of uh, awards altogether, like uh, Saga of Tanya the Evil, the only nomination. For that show is Tanya herself got a nomination for best, best villain, villain yeah. which I don't see that at all. Mm. I'm not saying she's a hero. She's definitely not a hero. I wouldn't even classify her as an anti-hero, but I don't see her as the villain of the show. Mm. That's not her war that she's like, I'm going to take over the planet. <laughs> no, she's not doing it. She's she's fighting a war because she has to. It's not because she wants to. She wants to be put in the back lines and yeah, you know yeah. be in some cushy mm -hmm. high-ranking position and just take the back seat and not have to do anything. She's yeah. being forced by the being X to being be X. put on the front lines. And yes, she's doing some heinous things, but she's I don't see her as the villain of the series, which is just kind of a strange nomination to me. Mm. It doesn't quite fit. 
Yeah, it's just weird to me that that's the only place that she appeared in as yeah, well. Yeah, I know. If I went over the nominations again, I would probably see a, a couple other like glaring omissions and what have you. But that one stuck out to me. It's just mm-hmm. strange that she's in best villain. I don't see her as the villain. Mm. Oh, Knights of Sidonia. Yeah, that's Eldera in the chat. Yeah. But yeah, it's just I'm like, I don't know. We'll see how it turns out. It's coming out in February 24th. I think is February when they. February 4th, I think. I think we're gonna have another show before then. Yes, we are. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have a show the Thursday before that. Awards show is actually held. Yeah. It's a Saturday night. We'll see who wins. Mm. It's being voted on by, you know, just, uh, you know, anybody, anybody and everybody. So it's another popularity contest. I think My Hero Academia is going to take a lot of them. Of course it will. It's going to be more of the same. It's just I just I, I can see it coming. And the, and the problem is that really bothers me is that some of the more higher end shows of the year are getting snubbed not only because it's a popularity contest, but also they were held behind a double paywall. Yeah. So, like, Princess Principal was never nominated for That's another mm-hmm. one. They didn't get a single nomination anywhere, really. Yeah. And then, like, Maiden Abyss. Land of the Lustrous got Land one, of the Lustrous. I think. Land of the Lustrous got two, I believe. Was it two? And maybe even... And f- uh, were they in Best Girl or not? I can't remember. I don't remember. I think there was... Yeah. I remember seeing one. I don't remember seeing two. I'd have to look again. I think there's two or three, if I remember serves correctly. But yeah, Land but of the Lustrious. Uh, the uh, I think the only nomination for Girls Last Tour was in uh, Slice of Life, yes, which is another yes. weird classification. That is a weird classification. I don't see that one as Slice that one's, of Life. That one's a chill, more chill series than say mm. a slice you know it's it's chill but i wouldn't say slice of life yeah. having two girls tra- you know trans you know travel a wasteland. travel travel a wasteland in, in a post-apocalyptic world that's not quite slice of any life that i am aware of. <laughs> i know right say so what life is this a slice of exactly mm, it's a weird slice that's the, that's the burnt potato chip at the bottom of the bag <laughs> that's it that's what that is i don't <laughs> again it's just weird. Uh, I don't know. It, like, I'm not saying that My Hero Academia is a bad show. I've never seen it. I'm just, I don't care about superheroes. Yeah. It's such a done trope at this point in time. Well, it's not even, even in, it's not even that for me. I just don't like that it's in every single category. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But the show itself, I'm talking about the show. At the itself, top of every single category. Yeah, the top of every single list of every like single every category. Every time, every category it appears in, it takes the top slot. It's the first thing you see. Yeah. And it's like, and it's, what's his name is the lead character that's in for best hero that it's won last uh, year? Deku, 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 it's Deku. Like yeah, he's nominated again. He won last year. He's yeah. nominated again and he's front center top giant picture for best hero. And it's like, are you fucking serious? I know. What planet yeah. are you from that the winner from last year gets nominated again? Mm-hmm. And then it's like in the same token, there's other shows that just got like, you know, forgotten pushed yeah. to the side again i have nothing against my hero academia i don't care about superheroes it's mm-hmm. such a done thing at this point uh marsh comes in like a lion i've heard good things about but again it's not really my jam so i've never heard anything about it to but be honest the, the judges at the crunchyroll awards have oh, you know they love they, it they got a serious <laughs> stiffy for that one. Oh yeah and then same with rakugo shinju i've heard good things about it it's definitely not my slice it's probably a good show. Does it deserve to be in almost every award? Eh, I don't know. Mm. It's just it's the, the structural issues of the. It's, again, it all comes down to structural issues. And then at the end of the day, it's a popularity contest. So shows like Made in Abyss, which probably should get the nomination, or, or it got nominated for enough things, but it's not quite. You know, mm. uh, it got you know the watch time that I think a lot of you know other shows did. Yeah, like My Hero Academia probably got a lot of watch time by comparison. I'm still waiting for High Dive to put that one out in the U.S. I know, right? Yeah, we'll see how that shakes out. Mm. 
it's not going to, you know, at the end of the day, when My Hero Academia sweeps most everything, which is what I'm expecting, oh, yeah. it doesn't mean that, you know, Maiden Abyss is suddenly bad. I'm still very much looking forward to watching that. Oh, absolutely. But at the same time, it's just, it's just kind of, de- you know, I don't want to call it depressing, but it kind of is. It's just like you couldn't come up with a better structure than this, really. You didn't mm-hmm. look at this and go, whoa, maybe some people might think this is the biased. Yuri on <laughs> biased or the Yuri on Ice Awards 2.0. Yep. <laughs> Uh, yeah, because I remember that last day with Yuri and Ice was in pretty much everything. It's the same thing again here. Yeah. It's like My Hero Academia is not only in everything, but it's at the top slot of everything. That's that's another thing. It's like with the, giant the, pictures. The soft bias of, you yeah. know, like the order of, and I think our, uh, Glass Reflection Arcada on YouTube, he brought that up in his video about yeah. how, I wonder who ordered these. He specifically pointed that out. And then it's like another thing that I've noticed. Hello, is, we've got a midnight on our lap, by the way, now. The, uh, Another thing that I, he didn't point out that I noticed as well is that certain, like, each nomination will come with, like, a picture of the show or the character in question. It's like, some of them are smaller and some of them are really big. Yeah, some of them are kind of, like, grainier than others. And it's like, yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah. And then it's like, it's like, perfect example, the Hero Awards. A lot of, the first thing you see is a giant, huge, high-def picture, uh, picture of Deku. Yep. And it's like, and then the next one's smaller and it's, like, medium. So it's like, really? You're not going to, like, keep that all consistent across the board? He's twerking. <laughs> he is. We got a twerking kitty on our lap over here. There you go. Settle down. Good boy. Six months old and Good ten boy. pounds. <laughs> yes. He legitimately is. Midnight is so big. Mm. Midnight, you're so big. Why are you so big at your age? More surface area to be furry with. I do one. I don't think there's much else we can go over with the anime awards. Do you think of anything? Not really. I think we've pretty much said all that needs saying. Yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. I'll be at work when it happens. Mm. We'll see. I'll Cru- probably keep an eye on Twitter on the yeah. night. Crunchyroll's been tweeting up a storm about it. Yeah. Obviously, their awards, they, you know, they would expect them to promote it. They're definitely promoting it. But at the same token, it's just there's a lot of soft bias going around with the structure and, mm-hmm. and what have you. So we'll see how it shakes out. My hope is that, like, people s- notice this and they, they kind of, you know, We'll see how it averages out, whether or not they, people just vote for My Hero Academia or if people notice that, wait, it's in every category. I'm not going to vote it for this, that, and the other. Like, I expect My Hero Academia to win the best action. Yeah, like that. yes. That, that I'm not going to, you know, that's not too mm-hmm. shocking. But then, like, certain other ones, like, I don't know. We'll see how it shakes out. Yeah. I don't believe there's much else to be said about that. Uh, for what we're watching, we're going to probably continue with more Shauna. Mm-hmm. Um, there's uh, Love Live Sunshine season two. We're gonna be probably firing that up soon enough. Um, I also uh, might be re- we might be re- I've seen it. You have not. Is uh, Rosario to Vampire? Mm. That's an older one. Oh my God, Saldera! I saw that video earlier. I was laughing my ass off. Oh yeah, I have it on my watch list. Mother's yeah, Basement. Mother's put Basement a- is like how to survive a harem anime. Just put out a video today oh, that looks amazing. My God, I was crying watching that. He video. needs to go full throttle more often. I think if he went full throttle more often, he could compete with Gigguk for like. I was how funny they could be. I was literally crying with laughter. That video was so good. <laughs> I saw that one. The other one he put out at the beginning of the month was also really good, too, about how um, High School of the Dead is actually a really good show. I was like, yep. Oh, yeah, that, that, was, was, good that was good as well. Yep. I like High School of the Dead's manga because in High School of the Dead's manga, I didn't have to hear everyone screeching. <laughs> the anime is very screechy. If it wasn't quite so screechy, I might have given the anime more of a chance. But I like the, uh, I like that's the manga. More of a, that's more of a dub issue than an yeah, uh, yeah. anime issue. Mm-hmm. Zoldera <laughs> knows the secret. You don't survive a harem <laughs> anime. Oh, God. 
I don't believe there's much else. So we got a couple of things to watch. I'm playing more Blue Reflection. I'm definitely going to be doing a review of that on the next show in two weeks. Uh, hopefully, I've finished it by then. I'm putting in a couple solid hours every night. Usually about when I manage to drag you out of bed. Two to three <laughs> times a week. So when I manage to drag you out of bed. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, but yeah, that'll be on the next show, and who knows what kind of news we'll have. Kind of hard to say. I don't believe there's anything else. Do you think of anything? Not really. Kaz is weak sauced. Yep. Midnight is being furry, and Marie is chucking gravel across the floor. Yes, she is. And by gravel, I mean Catler. She should probably go stop the show and get her. Yeah, I should probably mm. go give her a poke it out of there. Yeah, so until next time, don't choke the chocobo. Bye. Bye now, and see you later.